and welcome rugby rant fans it's the big guy scott ferrara here and guess what day it is baby it's run pass or kick day i'm very excited um before we get into it i just want to talk about my awesome hat that i just got from the uh, shop mr.com as you can see warrior nation from the utahs i gotta be honest when i saw this hat i fell in love with it i like the gray i like the black you guys know i like the flap rim best part about it is tons of stuff on shop mlr.com i mean stuff from like i don't know maybe you know the houston saber cats um stuff from utah warriors uh rugby united new york they even have dallas jackal stuff when dallas is going to start 2022 so you might as well get your merch now for dallas that way uh you know your significant other isn't really going to pound you for it uh going into the 2020 uh 2022 season like my wife does when i buy all the new rooney stuff so make sure you go to shop mlr.com for all your mlr merch Today's guest, I think you guys will be excited. So, um, let's see. University of Nevada Reno. I'm going through. I'm going through the whole CV because Rob worked really hard on it. University of Nevada Reno, North Harbor Golden Lions, Austin Huns, uh, OMBAC, Japan, two different teams, uh, Newcastle, Austin Elite, uh, USA uh, Under 19s, USA Eagle Number Three Thirty Three, uh, first cap against Argentina, seventy six caps total. Obviously, a Team USA captain. You guys know who he is. Rugby World Cups 2003, 2007, 2011, which he was the captain of, and USA 7's Todd Clever. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Quite an intro. Uh, you know, happy to be here. <laughs> Listen, I, you know, I, I was kind of busting Rob's chops off screen with you, but you know what? You were right. You know, you know, there could be people who have connections to some of these clubs, so why not shout everybody out? Um, we like to do it. We like to show that we're, you know, down with the club teams um and that's another part actually of 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 the rugby shop what they do is they have a lot of club merch and i like going through that i like spending a lot of money on rugby merch it's ridiculous i really need to get a handle on that um i don't know if it's like a therapist or just cut up my credit cards but if you guys have any like you know suggestions get get at the big guy um so for those of you that don't know we do the run pass or kick interview so i'm just going to lay it out for you guys we're going to preference every every question with run pass or kick what does that mean Todd's going to have the option to uh, run with it, which means he's going to answer the question. Hopefully he'll run with a lot of them. Um, he's going, he can either pass it, which means he's going to pass on it, and not answer. And, you know, we're, we're realistic here. Um, we're not going to ask him a salary, but you never know. We might ask him a, a question or two he wants to pass, or he has the option of kicking it. Um, that we, that means he can kick it back to me. I'll answer what I think he's going to answer. And he can tell me if I'm close or if I'm shit. So, you know, we're, we're ready to go. You ready to accept the run, pass or kick challenge, Todd? I'm ready. Awesome. So <laughs> I got to show you uh, picture one. So th there's picture one. We're showing all the fans. Now, this is from the ESPN body issue. Um, and to be honest, I think it's it's a pinnacle of athletic achievement, to be quite honest. And I'll tell you why. Um, you have to be really, really good looking to be on that. Um, Todd is a very good looking man. Now I'm not trying to encroach on his new wife or anything, but he's a he, he he as you can see, but between the picture and 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 him on screen, relatively good looking, you know. Then there's the second photo. The second photo is where we get a little, little. It, it's recognizable. You might recognize, you know, Todd. You also might recognize my boy, the hammer. So the question is, run, pass, or kick? Was this picture with the hammer like the the lowest point in your career? <laughs> Oh no no no! There's definitely been some uh, some low moments. I mean, whenever you play uh, play especially for a long time, you're definitely going to hit rock bottom at some point or another. So uh, that that was definitely not the lowest. 
I know. I just like to bust Rob's chops a little bit. You know, he comes up with those pictures, but I truly, truly, honestly, that's a cool picture from the ESPN, uh, the body issue, um, an action shot, fully nude in your glory. You know, I'm sure you were in tip top shape. Not that you're probably not in shape now, but you know what I mean? You were in game shape back then. Um, I don't know. I, the, I honestly, between you, I'm going to date myself. Vince Wilfork was the first NFL lineman to do that shoot. And he looked freaking good at 300 and I think it was like 340 something pounds. He looked really good. <laughs> um, no, I, I love it. I love it when they have uh, the linemen, you know, they did, uh, they did a few big guys and, and big gals that have done it. And, and uh, you know, it's just a great way to express, you know, have the diversity of, you know, what, you know, an athlete isn't just, you know, a six pack and, you know, fast or this, I mean, they're shot putters or linemen, there's, you know, running backs and in all sports. So, um, you know, to be the first rugby player to, to, you know, get the ESPN uh, nod was, uh, was definitely uh, awesome and, and definitely, uh, you know, uh, encompassing of, of sort of, you know, waving the flag and, and, and carrying the torch and, and being able to uh, be that ambassador for, for the sport. You're a great ambassador in many ways and, that is a great way to be an ambassador. I got to be honest, um, being, being an ESP in the magazine. So the next question in 2003, you were selected to join the Eagles for the 2003 world cup. Um, they had an impressive back row with like Dan Lyle, Dave Hodges run pass or kick. What did you take away from that experience as a 20 year old youngster? No, I'll run with that. I mean, that's a, that's a great question. It, it also dates me, you know, being, uh, I was at the university of Nevada, Reno, as you mentioned before, and, um, you know, made, went from under 19s to college all Americans straight into it from, uh, from, from, you know, being 19 years old, getting into the Eagle squad uh, and, and being against the, you know, up against, you know, competing for positions against Dave Hodges, you know, Dan Lyle, like you mentioned, and, and a few other really great players and, and Court Schubert, you know, that, that I was able to play university against in DeKal and, and just guys that I looked up to and able to compete and, and take the field of, you know, our nation's best for, for a long time. So I just learned so much. I was, I was a young guy, a sponge and uh, tried to make the most of it. And when I had, uh, you know, my first cap uh, earlier in the year in 2003 against Argentina in Buenos Aires, I mean, that was, uh, you know, the week before, a couple weeks before that I was playing in front of 200 people, you know, (laughs) Nevada versus I think St. Mary's or something like that. And then I got called up and, and played, uh, played Eagles and went on tour down to South America. And then, uh, and then on to, you know, sort of the World Cup where it's, you know, the biggest stage of, of, that we have. Um, so th- that whole experience was was amazing and just really, you know, shaped me into it. And credit to, you know, Coach Tom Billups and, and, uh, and Jack Clark, you know, the coach and the manager of the national team for, you know, seeing that, uh, the future and, and really, you know, hey, this is, this is what you're going to be doing in the next four years, eight years, 12 years, and, uh, and, and, and definitely – soaked in a lot so you know a lot of credit goes to uh, those former coaches and i th- i think you know team usa has always done well in blooding their new players like it's never like too many new guys it's like j- they they hit a good balance you know they i mean obviously they're going to throw you into the fire no matter what you know when you're going into it but you know they they kind of get it there and, and they take their time with it a little bit and i think it's something that you know, going forward, I hope that they continue to do and have that balance. And I mean, in the last World Cup, you kind of saw it with with a bunch of the guys. So I think, you know, it's good that Team USA is continuing to do that through the head coaches and the general manager changes since you were playing. So it's it's really nice to see. So 
The next one is a, is it might be a little controversial. So you missed out on a 2015 appearance due to quote unquote multiple squad con- conduct violations. Subsequently, you wrote a letter explaining the central issue. So run pass or kick. Was this just a breakdown in communication, or do you think you were treated unfairly? Yeah, you know, you know, if you watch me play rugby, I'll I'll, I'll run with it. I'm not going to pass it too much. So no, I'll I'll run with that. So I mean. Yeah, it was uh, like we talked about before of, you know, being on in high performance in the national team for, you know, 12, 13, 14 years. Um, you know, there's always going to be highs and lows and, and it's about, you know, how you carry yourself and um, are you able to sleep at night? Do you have your head held high and, and, and that? So, you know, being a captain for, uh, you know, seven plus years of the Eagles, um, you know, I never, never put, you know, anything above wearing that national team jersey. So any contract I signed overseas, uh, it was always making sure I was released and, and Eagles had my my priority. So financially, I made some terrible decisions of, of, of doing that. But, uh, you know, subsequently, it is what it is. And, and then leading up to it, it, it actually goes back to, uh, I think it all started with that ESPN uh, photo shoot. And the coaches and, and management wasn't very happy with uh, with with that and some of the quotes that came out from that. And, you know, I was, you know, quote unquote, called, you know, a sellout or my ego is in charge, you know, taking over and, and thinking something else. So that was sort of kind of the root of uh, root of it all. When I'm, I think I'm doing something good for the sport, uh, good for the team, uh, you know, kind of shines back. But, um, you know, it happens and, you know, move on and. You know, people have asked me if I would, uh, you know, change anything or what would I change and, you know, where I'm at now in life, you know, uh, you know, beautiful wife, you know, amazing, you know, house and beautiful, you know, healthy daughter. Uh, life's good. So, you know, yeah. I, I had a lot of lessons and learned a lot. And, you know, throughout all those times, uh, you know, especially, you know, the hardest times through the through the 2015, I was able to sleep well and, and uh, had my head held high and knowing that, you know, for those players, I, I put it all on, you know, put my head on the chopping block and, and wanted what's best for, for, for the team and for everything else. And it was unfortunate to miss out on, uh, on, on a tournament. But other than that, uh, you know, I was able to come back and come back strong and, and uh, you know, write my, uh, write my farewell the way I wanted it to. So, which is, uh, which is positive. Yeah. That's always the way you want to end it. And to be, let's, I'm going to tell you right now, anybody who talks shit about the body issue from USAR, honestly shouldn't have been the position they were in because one from a marketing standpoint again those are always outstanding two it's tastefully done you know you're not sitting out there fully exposed three you had a pretty nice butt there so i mean you know you're getting you you had the sex appeal and listen ben foden you know we'll use ben foden as an example he's a he's a male model slash rugby player you know he he oozes that sex appeal too when he's shirtless and oiled up right so why can't you know the americans do it so i think you were treated unfairly definitely for the espn issue that's just the big guy talking that's that's all my my opinions um so the next question is your career spanned you know the entire globe is taking you to japan new zealand south africa england united states if you could do it all over again um which or run pass or kick which one of these countries would you take more time to experience Man, I, I think my body would fall apart more if I if I chose anything longer. You know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll run with that just because you know going down memory lane of of my whole you know career of of playing at university, leaving a bit early to you know I didn't want to be that big fish in a small pond. Um, you know, I went went to university three years and 
uh, was college all American three years. And instead of, you know, going for four and, 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 and uh, trying to try to do that and maintain the Eagle spot, that's why I wanted to go overseas to really test myself. So went, went to New Zealand for two years uh, after the first year, I actually had a contract in England. Um, but I, I passed on it just because I, I knew I wasn't ready. I knew I wasn't, you know, yeah. close to being a finished product. So, uh, you know, I spent another year and, and signed a contract with North Harbor, played sevens and some 15s there. Um, and then, uh, and then came back for the world cup, had a year with on and it was, uh, it was a great situation, you know, uh, you know, won some hardware and then went to the world cup. Uh, and that's where, you know, 2007, I, I was able to, you know, sort of, make a name for myself on the world stage, you know, our opening game we played yeah. against England, uh, we had Tonga, Samoa, and then played against, you know, the champions, uh, South Africa. Yeah. So, um, after that, I had, you know, contract offers in England, France, uh, uh, South Africa, Italy. And, and, you know, I, I took the one with the least amount of, uh, financial because I always had a goal of playing super rugby. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I went down and, you know, signed a year, year contract with Johannesburg and, uh, for the Lions. Uh, so yeah. I played Super Rugby, Curry Cup, and then extended my contracts, played another couple of seasons. And, and uh, from there, um, I was playing a bit too much rugby, I think, for my own body, uh, just how yeah. physical, physical the South Africans are. And uh, so, I need, so I took a couple of years, signed a two-year contract in Japan and, and you know, loved it so much. And the balance was great with uh, playing Eagles, uh, playing Japan top league and having rest. Uh, so I extended my stay. So I ended up staying there for five years and finished there and went to England for to cap off uh, before returning. So, you know, it's kind of to, to round up all of it as, you know, I, I, I had the best time in New Zealand. I, I could definitely live in that country um, yeah. culture wise and rugby wise. And, you know, the people are amazing. South Africa, you know, playing on the biggest stage and the biggest stadiums, you know, and, and the passion uh, behind it. That was that was brilliant. I, I mean, I could definitely have played longer, but my arm probably would have fallen yeah. off. Uh, <laughs> hip. Uh, and Japan, I mean, I think I was there just the right amount of time. I was there five years, um, yeah. you know, have my you had my residency card. And, you know, my agent was trying to talk me into getting my Japanese passport and extending it. Um, and, and I gave it some serious thought, serious thought, but at the end of the day, it was like, you know, mentally, is this, is this yeah. good, you know, for, and, and uh, I, I decided to opt out and, and then move on to, uh, to, to Europe. So, um, yeah, I mean, all in all, I, I think I, I don't have any regrets of staying longer or shorter. Um, mm -hmm. I, I had a blast and made amazing friends and, and played some, played some solid rugby uh, along the years and all those stops. So, it was definitely, uh, you know, out of my comfort zone a lot of the time, but uh, I think that's what what suits me suits me best. That's great, you know. And I think I think you're right. You know, you you kind of you hit it on the head when you were talking about South Africa, and you said, you know, I knew I needed a rest. And even so, I mean, how old were you when you were in South Africa? Like 25. Yeah, yeah, went over there. After yes, your, uh, after your, yeah, 25. Yeah, so at that point, you're still a, you're still a young man, you know. Of most young men would have been like, oh, I'm going to stay there for another two years. And then, you know, what is that? You know, maybe that lessens your, your, the end of your career, two years, but you know, with all the hits and, and everything you're taking and all the rugby you're playing, I mean, to have such a outlook when you're 25 in the middle of your rugby playing career to say, Hey, I need to slow it down a little bit, I think is a, uh, you know, just a testament to your, you knowing your own body and, and what you want to do, you know, and not, 
quote unquote being a sellout, I would say, as you, as you, as other people had put it before in the question you answered. Um, yeah. But we're, you know, it's it, it the smile you had when you talked about every country was telling too, because I could see you kind of just flashing back and maybe having a memory or two while you were talking about it. It's, it's really nice to see that everywhere you went, you you had fun there. You know, um, this next question is is quintessential Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. Um, I think he's trying to get every Eagle who played in this match on the show just so he can ask him. So this is uh, in 2014, you captain the USA Eagles uh, when they faced the All Blacks at Soldier Field in Chicago, which Rob was at. Um, Two-parter, run, pass, or kick. Um, was this the most memorable experience in your career? And two, what was going through your mind when the All Blacks were doing their haka? I'll run with that again. Um, most memorable, I would say on the field. No, I wouldn't say that is the most memorable uh, moment. It, it was definitely a highlight. And, uh, you know, captaining against All Blacks, against, you know, sort of Kieran Reed's team and having, uh, you know, star-studded team. Um, it was great. It was, it was in the on-home soil, sold out. So I, t- I can talk about it more and I'm kind of like, wait, was it? You know, was it one of the best? <laughs> um, but, but. Yeah, I mean, it's up there for sure, um, you know, but, you know, we, we kind of came in there and, and it was very underprepared Eagles team of, you know, having a few training sessions. And now it's like, you know, we haven't been together for months, have a few training sessions. Hey, play against, so, play against uh, the All Blacks. <laughs> We're just like, oh, hey, you know, so yeah. uh, the, the scoreline, you know, I'm proud of our first, you know, 30 minutes out there, but once they kind of mm-hmm. figured it out, they, they, uh, it was pretty impressive just playing against them, to be honest, like from their offloads and, and uh, smashing steps. And, but uh, it, it was that, – that's what you want to do, like I mentioned before, is, is if, if you want to be the best, you got to play against the best. And mm-hmm. that was an amazing opportunity to play against the world's best team, the world's best players. So, um, you know, that's, that's – uh, it, it was definitely great. And then what was the part two of it? Sorry? Uh, part two was – what was going through your mind when they were doing the haka? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't quite. Uh, I mean, it's. I mean, you're like, captaining a team. Like, were you really paying attention to it? You know, like you probably had a million other things going in your head, right? No, I, 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 I try to be present, you know, at, 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 yeah. at extreme moments. And that was an extreme moment. So I was definitely present for it. And I remember playing against the New Zealand Maori, um, you know, mm-hmm. before, you know, the year, a couple of years before and the year before. And it was in Philadelphia, and the whole crowd was chanting USA, and it just deafened the haka. And it was it was awesome. So I was like, I remember, I wonder if I wonder if the Chicago fans are gonna bring it, you know, start chanting USA, because I was hoping they would. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so I just stayed present and and really uh, you know took on the challenge. And you know, if you're if you've spent some time in New Zealand or, or know about uh, the culture of New Zealand Maori and, and, and New Zealand rugby. Um, you know, that's, that's the best way of doing it is, is to, you know, just face it, embrace it, accept that challenge. And, and, and man, it pumped me up. It pumped all of us up just as much as it pumped them up. Yeah. So, um, I, I love that aspect of, uh, of, of New Zealand rugby. It's funny. Um, in a prior interview, we had, uh, McKenna strong who currently plays for the Lindenwood women's team, but her first cap as an Eagle, um, was against, um, New Zealand. And she was like, you know, I drop in 
go to practice, you know, practice for the Eagles, get selected. And they're like, oh, by the way, first match is against New Zealand. She's like, I'm like 19. <laughs> she goes, it was, she goes, it was ridiculous. It was hard. She goes, they were hard hitting people. And uh, she goes, I, she said, I wouldn't have changed anything to, 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 you know, say I would want to play anybody else my first time out. And, um, you know, I think, again, I think everybody has that experience when they're playing teams like, you know, um, New Zealand, Australia, and South Africa, especially those Tri-Nations teams where, you know, like me, when I first watched, got into rugby, that's how I got into rugby, you know? So it was, it's always in awe of watching those teams. So real quick, I'm going to bring the hammer on because the hammer finally showed up to this interview. Thank God. <laughs> hey, Todd, how are you, mate? Going on? How you doing, Rob? <laughs> uh, I'm well having a rough day today, but uh, we're going to, we're going to hang, hang on there and, and um, try to improve it. It's especially good to see you on the show. Uh, welcome. Um, and I'm, I didn't want to miss this opportunity to, to step in on the interview for a bit with you. So, um, I hope Scott's been treating you well. I know he has, he's a lot of fun to talk to and always full of laughs. Um, yeah, makes my, me laugh. I, I've been getting a bunch of questions. I've just been passing them. I've been trying to pass them. <laughs> yeah, uh, I we've always done ask questions. <laughs> I thought I was going to pick a few tough ones to him, you know, make him sweat. He was like name, rank, and serial number. I'm not telling you nothing. Is pretty much what he said. <laughs> it was like a, a bad. It was like a bad war movie. <laughs> awesome. So uh, we'll start right off here, and and you were talking a little international rugby and your experience as an eagle. Um, run past your kick in June of 2019. You announced your retirement from international rugby. You subsequently played your last Test match as an Eagle on July 1st against Rugby Canada, which resulted, by the way, in a 52-16 to 16 win. That's always a good thing. The victory helped the United States secure America one spot for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. So, again, run past your kick. How important was it that you retired with a statement victory like that? I'll run with that. I mean, you know, we've, we've talked about sort of my career from, from, from it being so long and, you know, having, you know, you know, 10 plus years, 12, 13, 14 years of playing international rugby and, and anybody that plays that long um, and is able to, you know, retire, bow out and hang up the boots on their own terms is, is yeah. amazing. So I always had that in my mind. And, and I know, you know, I could have pushed through and I could have, you know, you know, gone to the World Cup, but I also kind of flashed back of, hey, you know, am I, would I be taking a spot from somebody else leading up to the next generation of it? And my whole thing is, you know, don't do this selfishly, but this is a great opportunity to, you know, qualify as America's number one, which USA has never done before going into a World Cup. Um, you know, so so that was uh, that, that was big for, for me. Um, and I mean, the setting was just perfect. I mean, I, I could have not could not have asked for a better retirement game. You know, I had my daughter run me on the field, you know, national anthem, looking up in the crowd, have my family and close friends in, in the stands you know, with, uh, with American flags and singing along. And, uh, and then we just kicked ass, <laughs> you know, we played with 50 points on Canada, uh, to, to get our bit to, uh, 2019. So, yeah, I mean, a little bit of bittersweet a little bit because it's like, all right, sending along, but it was, uh, I felt really good about that decision of, of, of retiring then. And, uh, you know, for mentally, you know, physically to, you know, becoming, you know, from the captain, uh, straight off that field final whistle, I, I became, you know, their biggest fan. And, uh, you know, from sitting uh, from in the captain's armband to sitting on the board seat for, for USA Rugby to, uh, you know, going to their games and, and cheering them on. So um, definitely happy with uh, with all that. 
you know, that takes a pretty humble individual. I mean, here you are captain of the United States and you could have done something pretty selfish. And I'm not saying it would have been selfish, but you could have been putting yourself a little bit more in a, as a priority and said, now I'm going to go for one last world cup. Uh, and yet you, you chose not to, what, I mean, that takes an amazing strength of character for sure. Um, so kudos to you for that. It certainly is a lesson for a lot of young players that, that are aspiring to, you know, think about the team and think about those that are going to come after them. So it's impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, now that you kind of, you know, you, when you say that, you know, you see these players at uh, you know, uh, the game of basketball or football and they, they play a little bit too much. And, yeah. you, know, you know, oh, they should have retired or oh, they should have done this. I'm saying this now, but look at Brady, you know, sort of thing. It's like, oh, <laughs> you know, I'm good. He's ruined my whole theory on that thing just because of, uh, you know, what a legend he's been. But, uh, you know, you're right. It, it's about, you know, that was my main goal of, of accepting that jersey when I was a young man uh, at, at 20 years old is, okay, leave this jersey in a better place than I found it. Right. And I don't think it would have been if, if I, uh, you know, extended it and did it for selfish reasons. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, my goal is for, for USRW to, you know, get those quarterfinals, semifinals. And, you know, obviously it didn't happen for that World Cup, but how can we build towards it? And I think, right. uh, you know, the rug, it, rugby in America is making those strides. Exactly. Exactly. So we're, we're going to go ahead and uh, introduce one of our sponsors. They, of course, as Scott likes to say, they keep the lights on for us. Deadhead Brewing Company, Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers for all seasons. Located in Mundelein, Illinois, in the heart of Lake County, owner Bruce Durer and the Tighthead staff will ensure you are kept well hydrated so you don't miss a single scrum. Tighthead staff room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and families can meet, socialize, and enjoy the action of every Major League Rugby Derby that will electrify the 2021 season. Watch parties will happen every week throughout the season up to the Major League Rugby Final on August 1st. Hey Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. Uh, so we got a, another segment for you, and um, it's called the Quick Tap. Um, and like every good rugby player, you got to make split-second decisions. So we're going to give you a choice, one thing or the other thing, and it doesn't necessarily need any explanation. You just make the choice based upon your gut instinct, and I've got one at the end you might want to give a little bit more thought to, but I'll leave that for a little surprise for you. So you got five five of these, just like we got five five points for a try in rugby. All right, so first one, Sunset Beverage. You're a, you're a beach guy, California guy. Beer or Mai Tai? Beer. Okay. Guy, and now we, I suppose, you know, over 70 caps and, and you're a rugby guy at heart, no doubt. Um, all right. Again, sticking with the theme, better surf. Bethel's Beach in Auckland or Manhattan Beach in L.A.? Oh, uh, I'll go, I'll go. I haven't surfed down in New Zealand at that, at that beach, so I'll have to say Manhattan. Okay. Really, I'm surprised you didn't get Of course, I mean, you were playing, so you probably didn't want to get injured or do something really silly, huh? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I just wasn't even that much into it. I mean, I, some other beaches I, I did, but not not there. Not Bethel's. Okay. All right. All right. Here you go. You're known for be, having a you know great physique, always being fit, always being in shape. So better lift, uh, bench or squats? Bench. Okay. That's right. I T- typical typical non-forward <laughs> uh, question there. Uh, no deadlift in, in in any of that answer. So the typical non-forward question. Just just want to point that out. 
hey, got to have the good pecs for the ladies, right? Uh, all right, here we go. We're talking about ladies. Wedding plans, hands off or hands on? She can hear me. Uh, <laughs> I was hands off. She she ran with it. Her and her amazing uh, mother and sister, you know, took it, took it, took it all. I just showed up and, and said, I do. Try not to cool. cry. But I did. Yeah. That was a well, then I already know. I already know what the answer to the next one is, Rob. If she can, if she can hear him, <laughs> I think so too. I, I was just going to say, uh, I got the best advice I ever got before I got married. Somebody says, "Look, just ask your your fiance when you need to be there, what you need to do in preparation, and let her take care of everything else." It's pretty much what I did, and it worked out pretty well for me. Twenty twenty five years later, so I'm I'm still in good shape. Uh, sorry, last question here again. Uh, this is a tough one. Better coffee convo with your wife or your teammate. Oh, man. <laughs> you are gonna get me in trouble my wife there you go all right smart man even if it's not true <laughs> it sounds like he said that under protest i'm just saying <laughs> no. all right well that's that's pretty cool you know we, we won't, we're not trying to get you in trouble but it's always fun to to put our guests on the spot with a little bit with some fun questions rather than those uh rather those tough rugby questions. Rugby Coffee was born out of two passions, providing ethically sourced coffee and promoting the growth and development of rugby. By combining these two passions, the folks at Rugby Coffee see an opportunity to bring people together. And together we can make a difference. Rugby Coffee invests 10% of their profits into giving kids opportunities to play rugby and projects to help uplift communities. These endeavors have been transformational in many kids' lives and uplifted and empowered these communities. The boys at Rugby Coffee have launched three distinct brews, which Scott and I should be and Ty should be receiving ours very shortly. So we're looking forward to that. <laughs> Jouet Jouet Champions Cup and, of course, Crowd Favorite, uh, which is a mild North American blend, have all been released. Each brew has its own unique style and flavor. Get your brew and support youth rugby. A simple vision can be transformational. Rugby as a sport can inspire communities, bring hope, and provide opportunity. Rugby Coffee, it's not just a game, it's a way of life. So we'll get back into the questions here. Um, you want me and, to? You want oh, me to get the next one? Yeah, absolutely. Just so you know, so I get in trouble with his wife, and it's not just you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you and Maya were recently married. Um, and let me preface this question with: Rob asked this uh, for two other guys, Chance Wegluski and Christian Rodriguez. And Christian Rodriguez, I believe, isn't. I mean, him, he's him and. Him and his significant other are not fianced yet, so he's kind of pressuring the guy to, to put a ring on it. Um, so <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how well Todd does with this. So you were recently married um, last week. Uh, uh, congratulations! Um, were you allowed to wear your rugby socks in the ceremony? Run, pass, or kick? Ooh, I'm gonna pass it both you guys. Were you guys? <laughs> I mean. It's a it's a good tradition that a lot of the rugby clubs do. Me, I was unaffiliated when I got married, so I just stuck with my nice dress socks. <laughs> yeah, and I uh I, I actually came to rugby late in life, so I was already married when I when I found rugby. So I didn't get the opportunity. But um it's it's a big tradition here at the Chicago Blaze Rugby Club. So the boys like to wear the rugby socks uh at, at their wedding. It's always fun to fun to watch and see. So it's a good one. Um so uh, uh, 
And then the next question, we're going to get a little bit into the MLR since we're, you know, we talked about your international career. Now we're moving a little closer domestically. Um, in the lead up to the 2019 season, the Austin Elite, Terry's, uh, their owner, GM Terry Delpin, stepped down as GM and you were introduced as the director of rugby. Additionally, the Elite's name changed to the herd and a minute later to the Gilgronies. So run past your kick. What insight can you shed on this rather tumultuous period in Austin's history? Yeah, I mean, um, I think I got a few gray hairs during that time. Um, <laughs> yeah, on, but uh, you know, I, I was I was with Austin Elite when they first started. So I started with them when I was actually still playing um, in Europe and just sort of advising. And then I came back and played season, um, did some director, you know, work, some community re- uh, outreach, and then as a player as well, along with the title of you know co-owner. Um, you know, an investor in, in the in the team. Uh, so I had that role uh, for a couple of years, and you know, the success wasn't really reaching it. And um, at the end of the day, sort of our investors were, were were pretty much you know done you know putting big money in because they they weren't seeing a return. And we all know that all MLR teams are not going to see a return for you know five to seven years if they're lucky uh, on that. So um, we were kind of, you know, had to cut, make some major cuts and, and wear a few different hats. So, you know, being the co-GM, director of rugby and, you know, kind of orchestrating a lot of things with, uh, with a good teammate and good friend of mine, uh, Andrew Sudula and, uh, and Paul Santinelli of just really, you know, uh, managing it through. Uh, and, and, you know, we changed the name, rebranded, kind of going through here. Still, we had uh, we were up uphill, and you know we just thought it'd be best if we you know put the franchise on the market. So I actually you know made a made a call to a good friend of mine, Adam Gilcrest, uh, down in Australia, and you know ten minutes later he said, "Yep, I'm in. I'll buy." And uh, you know I think I think the first conversation it, it was it was a quick it was a quick uh, conversation of, "Hey, do you want to buy fifty one percent of this uh, franchise?" <laughs> And he, uh, he gave it some thought about 30 seconds and he's like, oh, no, I'll buy the whole thing. Uh, we'll get it done. Let's make sure. Oh. Uh, so, so that was kind of it. And then obviously from that conversation, it took a couple months for all the legal stuff and opening books and everything else uh, for it. And, and what he's done with uh, both LA and Austin has been, uh, been amazing. So you kind of clean, cleaned up, brought some new things in and had me working on both Austin and LA. And then, and then obviously the pandemic hit uh, you know, step down, work furloughed myself, and and uh, and then now just kind of getting back into uh, an MLR position, uh, you know, with him. So it's it was quite a, quite a ride in, in Austin, um, but looks like they're uh, they're on track right now. Absolutely. And real quick, just as an aside, for those uh, fans that I know are interested, have you, de- if you don't mind me asking, have you divested? Uh, your interest completely then in in Austin, or do you have still some vested interest in in that franchise? No, no, no. I, we we all sold out. So all of the the five owners that that, that had it, um, we all liquidated and, and sold it sold it to Adam and, okay. and his team took over. So uh, no more co ownership, no more cap calls. <laughs> sleep easy nope. at night. It was nope. it was good. it was fun for a while, but. But uh, it, was, it was definitely uh, tax, taxing on the heart. The, the no more gray hairs, right? Exactly. So you yeah. stopped at like two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have a more important question to add on to that. Um, 
True or false, do you still have any Austin Heard merchandise? Because I feel like in 30 years, when the MLR is a big deal, it's going to be like, who had the Heard you know, kit and who had the shirt? And then, because it was only there for like two weeks. You know what? I have a couple, I think, in the closet with uh, with tags still on it. So, you know, hopefully <laughs> that's going to be worth a lot or something. <laughs> that's going to be definitely worth a lot. Um, so going uh, to the next question, and it kind of... Um, it kind of st- it kind of stems from what Adam Gilchrist is doing uh, with the Guiltinis, as a matter of fact. So obviously the MLR is an important step for the growth of rugby in the United States. Run, pass, or kick. Um, should the league do more to encourage the development of American talent, or has it hit the sweet spot with its current policy on the foreign player spots? I'll, I'll run with that for I'll run with that because I think this is a really important question for sort of a dynamic and future and pathway for for American rugby and I think it's about getting that balance right um, of introducing you know sort of good standard of rugby to the Amer- to American public and turning the American rub- uh, public into re- American rugby fans so we can't be handing out contracts and, and giving your guy, your guy next door, you know, a contract because he's an American. Um, and then that standard is going to be, be, be dropped. Um, ultimately, I think, you know, Major League Rugby will, you know, chip down on the foreigner policy rule of how many can take a field. Um, but right now I think we're, we're up against it of, you know what, if, if teams can, you know, put together a, a great star studded, uh, uh, team if that's in New York or if that's in New Orleans or LA or anywhere else um, you know what we need to have the best product because you know you look at you know world rugby you look at you know people that want to come over and play want to subscribe want to you know and, and the rugby networks do an amazing job a lot of, a lot of teams are doing uh, or companies that are that are getting behind it because you have you know Matt Ghetto you have you know Chris Robshaw you have these big big names coming through uh, you know have that talent so um, you know, now that we have the MLR draft with a collegiate, I think that's going to be great uh, for it. And it's just more of a pathway for individuals. I mean, going, growing up and, and doing it, there was no pathway. You had to kind of, right. you know, make your own format and, and kind of see where you fit in. Now, you know, a kid that's uh, 16 years old, be like, I want to be on the Eagles. It's like, okay, we'll make the USA 19 team. Okay, done. College, College All-Americans, draft, MLR Academy to MLR to the Eagles which is, you know, straight, pretty straightforward. Um, not easy at all, but, you know, they have, they have the, the ladder set for them. So um, credit to, to Adam, credit to all the owners that are, that are investing, that aren't seeing their money back as of yet, but it's, uh, it's amazing to see, see the league grow and, and, the, and the product uh, very good. Yeah, it's funny you talk about all that because it leads to our next question. Around the world and then the United States that's been thrown around this phrase that America is the sleeping giant, right? And so run, pass, or kick is America the sleeping giant that many pundits claim it to be. And secondarily to that, what needs to happen in order for the United States to go to the next level? Yeah, I'll I'll pass on that first part because I've just been hearing that for so long since I, you know, started playing. So it's, uh, you know, that giant's comatized and it's just frustrating to hear it um, because it's, it's not just about that. There's so much more hard work than, than you know, waking, waking something up and, uh, you know, and, and credit needs to go to, you know, all parties. If that's USA Rugby or if that's all the MLR owners or, or you know, parents that are getting their kids into, into the sport. So, um, yeah, I'll pass uh, on that kind of didn't pass, but, you know, 
from that. And then your second part, remind me again. Uh, no, that was a great answer, by the way. I think I, you know, it, it, and I'll get to the second part of the question, but you know, I think your phrase is just right. It's it's a lot harder than just waking up. That there's a lot of hard work that goes on, you know, not just in the MLR, but at the grassroots level, right? That you know, guys who you know played club rugby or whatever have to invest back in the game, you know, kind of get back to it of sorts and get their kids involved and give, you know, and grow it from that level too. And and that's how we'll kind of emerge and grow into something, um, something better than what we are, a better version than what we are. But my, my second question, again, run past your kick, what needs to happen in order for the United States to go to the next level, to be, you know, take that next step? No, I, I think we're doing it. You know, and I think having an established professional league uh, in the States is, is, is that missing puzzle. Um, I mean, look at our first year of having Major League Rugby. We, we go out and we beat uh, Six Nations. We beat Scotland, you know, at home. So, I mean, that's uh, that, and that's just going to be the first of many. Uh, you know, once we have our player pool bigger, once we have more competition within the squad um, on the Eagles, um, you know, that's that's what's going to that's what makes teams better because you can't just have 15 players. You got to have right. you know, 30 players fighting for 15 spots because then they're going to make each other better. They're going to make each other better. And then you want to have, you know, um, a lot of uh, uh, battles throughout the season of, of playing against uh, people that you're going to. So you, people, you know how they train, people, you know how they play and, and study. So um, I think we, we are on track uh, for it. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, sort of what Gary Gold, because he does, he's definitely the man for the job and uh, has invested, you know, deeply into it, into USA Rugby and, and, and heading it. So uh, it, it's exciting. Absolutely. You know, it's funny you mentioned Gary Gold because I'm, I'm of the feeling that, you know, we have a lot of coaching turnover and, and, and I respect John Mitchell a lot. And, you know, I respected the guys that came for, before him, but it would be really nice to see the United States kind of have a coach that's that's invested a little bit longer than that four-year cycle that kind of put some some cultural elements in place for the Eagles, whether it's a training cycle now that we can fit within the MLR, you know, season uh, and, and you know, um, um, the development camps and, and um, you know, now that we have a base of operations in Rugby Town, of course, that would be really helpful where they can, you know, train it at, at – um, elevation all those pieces put into place over the long term i think will help grow the seeds for you know the future of the eagles maybe 2027 or 2031 uh something better than what we've where we've been at here over the last couple cycles yeah i mean just just to piggyback on that i I completely agree with with uh, with having a coach for for a long longer term um, but it's also to USA Rugby to put pressure on them to making sure that, you know, they're giving that coach and the players the best tools yeah. uh, to, to succeed. Because, I mean, we've, you know, I've seen it with, you know, budgets, you know, living and, and, and eating and, you know, coaching, doing half, you know, half-ass, so, so many stuff. And, and USA Rugby's you know, have been known, you know, okay, how can we save a, save a dollar here, save a dollar there and, and not have it and instead of, you know, getting – the right people, you know, in, in it. So, um, yeah, so, so it's, it's, it's more than just, you know, just a reminder to, to the listeners, it's more than, you know, the 15 that are on the field. 
It's more than the coaching staff. It's more than the management. It, it goes all the way to the top of, you know, sort of CEO, the president, the board, everything else. Uh, and, and they got to be all on uh, all on page and, and go along and, and be be transparent uh, with everybody. So, and I hope that happens. Absolutely. So let's get back to you a little bit, Todd, because I this one was interesting. Uh, the week one of MLR action and the Giltini's first ever match that they're going to play in the league in the Coliseum. What a fabulous venue, beautiful t- uh, pitch surface. Um, and lo and behold, uh, we've got none other than the legend himself, the man Todd Clever on the sidelines to give us some uh, coverage right there, field side on the deck. Run pass or kick. Is this going to be a regular gig for Todd Clever? Oh, I don't know about a regular. I mean, I don't know how regular it is for having home games, but no, I, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed being around the sport. I mean, I'm, I'm very passionate about it. And, um, you know, like I said, I have a relationship with, uh, you know, Adam Gilcrest and, um, you know, with operations there and, and, uh, and, you know, I, th- I think, you know, when they have home games, I think I'll, I'll be present, uh, sometimes in front of a camera, sometimes holding a mic, sometimes, uh, you know, hopefully having a cold beer uh, in hand celebrating, you know, with it. So uh, celebrating the good rugby that MLR is showcasing. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so and as an aside, just another question, there have been a lot of folks out there, a lot of fans that are passionate and they've been watching the Rugby Network. And, of course, uh, some of the teams are having the local feeds do the coverage, right? Um, and one of the big complaints is, you know, the, the local broadcasters don't know what they're talking about. They don't understand the game, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, run past or kick. Are we, are we going to see Todd Clever in the booth doing some play-by-play or color commentary perhaps? I mean, you no. don't want to leave your wife to be the only movie star in the household, right? <laughs> no, I'll let Maya have that much. Um, no, that's, that, that won't be my position is the, is the play-by-play or fully commentary of it. You know, I'm uh I, I, those guys have, have a tough job. And, and I think with, uh, as many, uh, Pacific Islanders on, on the, each of the teams, my tongue will fall out, you know, <laughs> trying to pronounce everybody's name and my, uh, my young childhood speech, uh, you know, uh, you know, the class would have to come back because I, I, you know, I won't be able to say my S's or R's, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm fine with, uh, kind of speaking tactical or speaking, you know, sideline stuff, color stuff. But other than that, I'll, uh, I'll leave that to, uh, you know, Dallas Stanford, the, the magician. Yeah. The magician. <laughs> yeah. Who, who else would come up with the great nicknames like, uh, the quadriceps with eyeballs. So, <laughs> exactly. so right. Yeah. Good old Stanny. <laughs> So um, we just got a couple more questions with Todd here. Um, so we've been talking a little bit about the Rugby Network and its role with the MLR. What a great combination. Um, having been through the experiences you had working on both sides of that, run, pass, or kick, how important is the Rugby Network to the growth of rugby in the United States? Yeah, I mean, it, it's massive. It's, it's, it's huge because, I mean, I've – from, from retiring, I've, I've been doing stadium deals, TV deals, broadcasting things, and know all about sort of contracts, player contracts, and, and everything. And the biggest thing, if we want to bring on new fans, is not be behind a paywall, you know? And, and some of the things where it's like, hey, well, you can watch all these games, but you have to subscribe. You know, a rugby fan is not going to subscribe and pay, even if it's $3, even if it's $5, you know, they're not going to watch it because they're, you know, they don't, they don't see the value. But if it's a link, it's easy to click, easy to put on the smart TV, easy to do anything else. 
and then or at home, whatever you have it. Um, that's what it has to be. I mean, some of the teams need to, um, you know, up their standard on, on broadcasting if it's going to be announcing or if it's going to be, you know, quality of stadium or, or advantage points of where you're putting the camera. Uh, because ultimately, we don't want to see at home, you know, new fans looking like they're watching, you know, at a high school, you know, football stadium or, or anything else. We got to have, um, you know, second to none. I mean, if you look at the Coliseum, how it looked on on camera, it's like, wow, this is a, this is a big deal. And then you look at some of the other teams where it's a low camera, it's only a couple cameras, and and it's it's, it's a bad feed. Um, you know, you're not going to be selling good advertisements, you know, for the league if, if that's going to be the showcase showcase for it. Yeah. So, you know, we got to take those baby steps, but it's certainly the rugby network is encouraging for a lot of fans, uh, especially in Canada, where, by the way, I didn't know this until one of our one of our good mates, Doug Wilkie, stepped on the show like they have to pay for the Toronto Arrows games. And I didn't know this. They have to unless they have TSN. So they have to get TSN to watch them live. If not, they have to wait like 24 hours to see it on the rugby network, unfortunately. But, you know. It is what it is. These are all growing pains and, and um, things will improve as we go over the next couple of years. And, and hopefully uh, we see a guy like yourself around the camera a little bit, because you're certainly a, a great personality and one that needs to be around USA rugby as a symbol of, of success. So just one more question for you, Todd, I'm going to put you on the spot. This is going to be a tough one. Although I'm, I've got a sneaking suspicion. I, I think I have the answer run pass or kick, which two teams will be in the MLR final. Oof. Um, you know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm terrible at predicting, even though I, I haven't uh, lost a prediction yet. Um, so am I, am I able to pass on this or run with this or, or, or pass you can do what you want. What do you think? Uh, what do you think, Rob? Mm. Um, well, I'm thinking LA is going to come out of it. I mean, obviously with Adam Ashley Cooper, Matt Gitto, um, I've been real impressed with the back, back row work of Angus Cottrell. I mean, like, I think he's scored in every match they've had. He scored uh, a deuce in, in week two, scored one in week one. He scored one last weekend. I mean, he's an animal uh, in the back row. But, you know, those guys are 31, they're 37, 38. Um, can their bodies hold up to the rigors over the next 13 weeks? If they can, um, it's going to be L.A. On the other side, the Eastern Conference is much tougher to predict, as much as I'd like to say my gold um, jumping in there. Um, they're going to need to solve their work out some issues at 10. Um, you know, they, they lost their, their 10, two weeks ago to a knee injury. Um, and, um, Guillemont stepped in. I think he's going to need to figure out, you know, how to work with his back line and, and move his back line, uh, around a little bit. If you can do that, I think they could be in the mix. Rooney looked really strong last week, as much as it pains me to say that. Um, but man, it's a toss up in the East. I, I would have to right now, based on last week, Rooney looked really strong. Holland's had really controlled the match with his boot and with the, some of his uh, direction of his back. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, 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 I we'll leave it at that. LA yeah. New final. I think, uh, you know, not many people can, can argue from the form. I mean, it is still early, early on uh, right. season, but, uh, but LA is looking to be, you know, prime, you know, the challenge was, can they travel? They traveled well, you know, got the victory and, and uh, New York, you know, they're, those guys are, are tough and skilled. So the, uh, we'll see. It's early though. Yeah. It's early. Are those kits like ultra LA, by the way? 
<laughs> man, uh, I mean, ultra sexy, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, uh, yeah, I mean, you, that's the kind of organization you want to, you know, be part of. And, you know, if you're a young guy that's uh, that's that's enjoying it uh, and, and the ownership and, and, you know, you know, Darren Coleman, the, the coach and, and sort of the whole management, they, they're, that, that, that's what they embody, you know, sort of yeah. uh, that flair and, and, and they're playing for it as well. Yeah. It's awesome to see. So I just want to take this opportunity Todd. We, it's been an absolute pleasure I apologize for my delay, but I so wanted to get an opportunity to sit down with you and ask some questions and talk a little rugby. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to give a shout out to anybody you want to say hi to fans, family, loved ones, et cetera. Um, so take take a moment and just uh, give the shout outs wherever they need to go. No, the list is too long. No, I'll, I'll keep it short. I'm sure the the, the people are, are are tired of hearing me uh, hearing me talk and and uh, me enjoy myself smiling on this side. But no, I really appreciate you guys having me uh, on it. And, you know, the only shout out I have is, is, is one of my new projects that I, that I you know, just founded that ended last year was, is my foundation, you know, Todd mm-hmm. Clever Foundation, um, you know, giving back to, to rugby communities, especially after sort of this pandemic and, and, you know, what we're doing of, you know, giving uh, sets of jerseys, tickets to teams uh, across the country, you know, doing balls, doing uh, clinics, uh, supporting supporting rugby in general, so uh, it's a real passion of mine um, at uh, at the high performance level, but it's also a very passion at the grassroots of you know introducing rugby and, and, and giving them the right tools. So uh, you know that's uh, that's what kind of it's all about, along with a lot of many things uh, that I have going on. But uh, but again, thanks so much for having uh, having me on. Well, again, it's been an absolute pleasure. We appreciate you taking your time, especially so closely after. Uh, you've been newly married. Uh, we at the Rugby Rant wish you and your wife uh, a, a wonderful start to your marriage and a continued life together. Uh, and man, I can't wait to get the next opportunity to to, to get another photo, perhaps, or just sat down and, and hoist uh, uh, one of those uh, frosty beverages and talk a little bit of rugby at the next turn. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thanks again for having me, Rob. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.